0: I wanna welcome everybody in the room, everybody online. If we haven't met, my name is Brian, the lead pastor. It is the Christmas season, everybody. We're there, okay? You can have officially put the decorations up guilt-free now. I I have a friend who does a year-round Christmas tree. Is that a thing? I, I don't know. That seems a little excessive to me. I'll stick to a month personally. But um seriously, so glad to have you here. Especially if you're new in the house, we're so glad you're here. Can we give a hand just to Maybe you've been here the last couple of weeks. Maybe today's your first time. We're so glad you're here. I know it can be a lot coming to church, but truly you, you are with family right now. And if you are here and you're just interested in the church, we would love for you to connect with us. Actually, there are QR codes on the back of the seats. If you scan that at any point in the service, it has just events, things going on at the church. would love for you to stop at our kiosk after the service. We have a gift for you there. And I'm just planting the seed. I know we're kind of in the holiday season, so we got a lot going on, but in January, we'll have our next welcome party, everybody. This is truly the best next step to take if you want to learn more about Northern Hills. What's the heart of a church? What does it mean to be family as a church and not just attend a weekend service? And so, if you have not been to a welcome party yet, this is for everybody. If you have not been to a welcome party, make sure you get to one. All right, that is your New Year's resolution for 2023. I will go to a welcome party. So, would love to have you guys there. Um, but there's actually one thing I just want to note. Last week, everybody, I, I kind of, I had a nice Sunday. I didn't have to preach. I didn't have to drum. It was pretty nice. I was just chilling, okay? But one thing I did was I floated around the different areas of the church, our kids and our students, and was checking out what happened in here. I just have to take a moment, church. I want you guys to know, I am just so grateful for the people in this church. So many of you, truly. um, To see so many of you guys loving on other people's kids just investing in them spiritually to be walking alongside students i was even just standing in the back door in worship to see people truly seeking after god you know and taking this time seriously it just made me so proud of our church so just thank you to so many of you guys i know you're making the sacrifices but i'm telling you god sees it all right and, and he will bless that and something to even get excited about when we think about what's going on here in a couple weeks, we're going to celebrate Christmas together, everybody. Again, Jesus coming into this world. And we have our service times. We'll do 2, 3, 30, and 8. They're all going to be the same. So whichever one you pick will be just fine. And if you're in town and have family, man, I'm telling you, we're planning a good one. Solon's got some stuff up his sleeves for Christmas Eve. It's going to be fire, he just said. <laughs> um, so would love for you guys to join us for that. But I do want to plant this seed. In the next couple weeks, just so you guys know, it actually takes a lot to put Christmas Eve on. But this is a really good opportunity to really serve as a family. So maybe that's not something you do on a regular basis and you you just Maybe you get the kids, the wife, or even if you're single, whatever your stage is, and just say, man, I'm gonna pick a service. And let's let's really make this Christmas Eve about season about serving and giving and even generosity. And I'm telling you guys, that will help facilitate this environment for people to meet Jesus, because that's the prayer, all right? Not just a nice sentimental service, but for the living God to encounter people's hearts and lives on Christmas Eve, amen? So would love, if that at all interests you, that could be a great thing to do. There's a sign up right there at the kiosk as you leave. Would love to see if there's a service that would fit you. But just one other thing I wanna emphasize, guys, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this More Than Us initiative. This is our year-end giving opportunity where we've said, because this year has just been so good, God has been good to us, we really want this blessing to overflow into a couple of key critical areas. And one of the things we are going to be supporting in the coming year is there are a large handful of churches operating as refugee centers in Ukraine right now to help support what's going on there. We'd we'll love for you guys to take a look at the video to see what's going on.
1: говорить, потому что тяжело уже на, на третий день войны нас нас бомбили. И, по милости Божьей Господь помог нам пережить это все. Мы целую неделю мы были в подвале церкви. Снаряд попал в церковь и церковь полностью загорела. Друзі пригласили нас в Львов, прийняли нас здесь, І я очень благодарна Богу і этой церкві. Знаєте, церква українська зараз дуже сильно змінилася. Дім молитви, в якому ми збираємося за цих декілька тижнів, уже прийняв понад 1100 біженців, які пройшли через цей дім молитви. Зараз тут проживає 41 людина, декілька сот людей ми відправили на кордон. Тому кожна допомога сьогодні для нас дуже вчасна. Подивіться, що відбувається зараз, буквально кожен вечір в нашому домі молитви в нашій церкві, в тому числі завдяки вашій допомозі. Наші недільні школи, наші кабінети змінилися на місця для проживання багатьох людей. Навіть наш зал для богослужіння ви можете побачити... Він сьогодні дуже сильно змінився. В нас половину цього залу займає місце для богослужіння, а другу половину, як бачите, займає місце для того, щоб проживали люди. І це прекрасно, що ви могли допомогти нам в цьому, в цьому в цей непростий час. Ми придбали матраси для цієї церкви і для багатьох інших церков. Ви допомагали нам придбати продукти для наших біженців. Дякую за все, що ви робите для нас.
0: Pretty cool pretty cool so that is one of the things we'll get behind um if you guys have been here the last couple of weeks you know we've been talking about northeast elementary and that third thing is we are going to be helping get some new churches started in some very unreached cities and tough areas in our country so what this looks like guys is next sunday we're really kind of make our like sort of commitment sunday where we come together and just um do this together and so i would ask you just take this week if you haven't done yet just ask god god would you like to me to participate and on what level and again, we're going to bring these all together and be a blessing to so many people in the coming year. So, thank you for that. You guys ready to dig in now? You ready to do this? Come on, second service. Rowdy, crowdy. We're going to do this thing. Let's pray before we dig in right now. Lord, we do just acknowledge you. You're incredible Lord. There are not enough names to contain your goodness and your love and your power. And we thank you that in this Advent Christmas season, we just get to remind ourselves afresh of the amazing miracle of your presence. And now, Lord, I pray that your presence would be experienced today, that your word would move and transform our hearts, and that we would really go out into this world as your light, Lord, doing your work and plans. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let me hear it. Amen. Now, as we dig into this Advent season, everybody, there's kind of an angle I want to approach it from, and it's this idea of unexpected. That's where we're going to kind of be at these next couple weeks. I was actually at a housewarming party uh, recently and I got talking to a couple and they have four kids and they're talking about how they just got their youngest off to college all right that's a massive moment all right for any of the parents total freedom you paid your dues you got them out it's great it's a wonderful moment I have a couple more years to go I'm praying about it but I'm talking to this couple and they're like, yeah, we just dropped off um, our youngest at college. Amazing moment, really sentimental. And the lady started saying, she's like, you know, I started actually getting sick then, sick then after that. And um, she was like, I started going to the doctor trying to figure out why I was feeling kind of funny. And she said, and then the doctor came to me and said, ma'am, you're not sick, you're pregnant. Okay. I don't know what you guys heard online. There was a collective dread across the whole room here. I didn't hear a single, oh, what a miracle of God, that's amazing. No, oh, that's what it sounded like in the room just now. <laughs> Pregnant, in your late 40s. If there's one thing you can't expect in life, it's that the unexpected is going to happen. Every single person in here, you have plans for your life. You think, this is what my life will look like after the kids are out of the house. No, you're going to be in preschool for the next 18 years. That's what you're doing. This is how my career is going to unfold. This is how that relationship's going to flow. And then what happens? The unexpected, the last thing you would have planned. And sometimes this can be so jolting. There's a lot of you in here, you never would have guessed you'd be living in Colorado. Like, that's not something you probably would have expected. Or whatever areas you've lived in, like, you're like, that's not something I would have planned for myself. Some of you guys in here, you thought you were going to be with that person for your whole life. And then the unexpected happens. There's a lot of us in here, you're at a moment in your life where you would say, I didn't expect to really be here at this age and stage. I kind of expected to look different. Now, here's where the rub is. Sometimes the unexpected is a massive blessing. Right There's some awesome stuff that can just happen that you didn't even anticipate, but there's another side to this. Sometimes the unexpected are some of the most devastating things we experience in our lives. And the reason why this is hard is, here's what usually goes through our minds. When things don't go according to plan, God must be mad at me, <laughs> right? I did something wrong. Maybe I'm even being punished because of this, but This wouldn't have happened if I was really living in the will and purposes and plans of God. And yet, here's the question I want to ask. What if the last thing you ever expected to have happened in your life is actually the very confirmation of God's work in it? What if God even subverts your own plans for his better purposes in your life? Thank you. I appreciate that. Tell the adults to do that more, okay? Now, here's the thing. Christmas is proof that our lives don't often go how we would expect, but at the same time, it's also proof that we have a God of the unexpected. And really, in the next couple weeks, I want us to wrestle through how much different our lives probably would look if we just opened ourselves up to the possibility that God may want to do the unexpected in your life. The last thing you planned, but for greater and better purposes. And so we're going to kind of get into this idea a little bit as we look at the first Christmas and what it really shows us about how God works in history and even in our own lives. So let's dig into this. First thing I want to kind of like touch on here is God's plan is not about what's preferable. Now let's kind of tease this out a little bit. The first Christmas account we see here in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, here's how it reads. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together— She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, I know some of us are familiar with this whole story, but I'm really praying we see some things with some fresh eyes. But let's set some context. We get introduced to this Joseph guy. Now, Joseph is a small-town, blue-collar worker. Okay, This is a simple man. He works his nine-to-five. He's got calluses in his hands. He watches the Broncos lose on Sunday. He drinks Coors like he's a simple guy. He's a good dude, though. He's just working hard, doing his life. And what's so interesting about Joseph is we don't have a single word from him through the whole scriptures. Not a single word accounted. Some of the wives in here, you're like, that sounds a lot like my husband. I can't get this guy to talk to me. He's not a talker. He's, he's a very low-key, down-to-earth dude. And he's not looking to change the world, everybody. This guy wants to get married, settle down, get a white picket fence in the small town, and call it a day. That's the master plan. And what's really interesting about this particular moment is he's in a special season. Joseph is engaged right now. Now just think about the engagement season. That's a special time in life. You know, you're getting all excited. The families are talking. Things are starting to fall into place. You're thinking about this exciting future together. We have a handful of couples that are engaged in our church right now. And yes, you have the stress of planning the wedding and all that stuff, but it's really kind of a special moment in so many ways. And yet, there's kind of a little contextual thing you got to understand here. The Hebrew culture at this time had some interesting marriage customs. One of those was you would have a pledge season. That's what we're talking about here, this engagement season. And what would happen is a man and woman— They would actually go into this pledge season. They were considered married already. You were technically husband and wife at this point. And you would spend a year living in the homes of your families as a way to prove your faithfulness and purity to the other person. So there's no shenanigans going on. This was to make sure nobody got pregnant during this year too. All right, And we'll find out. This is pretty poor timing right now. Um, So all this is going on right now. And at the end of this one year, you would have a massive wedding celebration. It would be a week long. Food. Honestly, people would be getting blasted at these weddings. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, these are parties. Okay? That's where we're at. So imagine Joseph right at this moment in his life. He most likely probably knew Mary Maybe most of his life, maybe even all of it. It's possible they grew up together. The families have known each other. The families would have set up a lot of this marriage stuff. It was a huge communal experience. So this is the ultimate high school sweetheart story right here, everybody. And Joseph, man, he loves this woman. They're getting excited about that week thing, the week long together. Just imagine this, guys. They've even waited to be intimate. I mean, they're doing everything right. There's some anticipation here. And then Joseph finds out Mary's pregnant. Just think of the devastation of that moment. This girl, maybe you've known your whole life, the families are invested, money is moving around, you're planning for a future together, and this girl goes and gets with a guy during your engagement season? And Mary's never shown any signs of acting in this way, and now she has completely ruined this guy's life. This is humiliating. And so it says he plans to start divorcing her. Again, they would be considered husband and wife at this point. And what's interesting, though, is Joseph could have completely destroyed Mary's life through this. He had an opportunity. And I have to guess that in this moment, there is still love he has in his heart for Mary. And he just can't bring himself to that. And he says he just wants to do it quietly, move on with with his life and call it a day. This is not what Joseph planned. This is the last thing he ever would have expected and now everything about his entire life has changed in this moment. Now think about your own life right now. Think about some of the unexpected things that have happened in your own life. Now some of us in here, some of the unexpected stuff are the consequences of your dumb decisions, truly. Some of us in here, you're experiencing the consequences of somebody else's dumb decisions. And there's some of that unexpected, but what do you do when you truly have been doing everything right, as far as you can tell? You have the right motives, you're trying to honor God, and then things still don't go according to plan. The unexpected still happens, and things do not unfold the way you would have preferred. You know what happens in these moments? These are the moments, if you believe in God on any level, you say, okay, God, where are you? What's happening here? This was not part of the plan. Excuse me, do you see this mess here, God? And I'm wondering if God wants to say to us, oh, not only do I see that mess, I made it. I made that mess in your life. Now, hear me. What I'm saying is, what if some of the unexpected messes in your life Are actually from God himself. Now hear me, there's nuance here. What I'm not saying is that every hard, bad, and even horrible thing in your life is a direct cause of God. That definitely does not fit in our overall worldview. But what we have to wrestle with here, are you open to the idea that God's goal is not to make your life easier? Are you open to the idea that God's plan is not about helping you accomplish your plans? And that some of the things in your life actually may not be what you wanted, but it's what God wanted for you. Joseph, at this moment, all he's experiencing is total emotional turmoil. This is chaos, absolute devastation. And yet, what was not preferable was God's perfect plan playing itself out in his life. So it's not preferable sometimes but we gotta, let's keep teasing this out a little bit and see what the, where the passage leads us. Next thing, God's plan is not about what's perceivable. Now, as a side note, I wasn't even sure if perceivable was a word. I'll be honest with you guys, I looked it up in the dictionary this morning just to make sure it is a word, okay? So I didn't just make words up. Now, let's go to verse 20 and see where this goes. But after he had considered this, Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, I don't know if you caught that subtle detail there, after, not before, after he had considered this. Joseph goes through this whole painful process of figuring out the divorce, how to break things up, just tie up the loose ends, and then guess who decides to show up? Oh God, thank you. Great timing. Been on this emotional roller coaster this whole time, and now you decide to show up. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. You know what I found? And we see here. Sometimes God shows up after. Sometimes. He ain't coming before. And for you type A people in this church, boy, does that wind you up tight. You're like, God, nope. That ain't how this works. I need a list. I need color-coded calendars. This is what I need. And God says, no. You're going to go through the process, actually. And I'm going to show up after. This is going to be a process for you. And he allows Joseph to go through this painful season, we don't know how long, of trying to figure out how he's going to break up what was ultimately God's plan. And here's where I'm trying to get at. There is always purpose in the process. Anytime you go through the process, there is an underlying supernatural purpose in it. Let me say it like this. Sometimes the pain of the process will make God's power and presence more real to you. There's something to this. If God does not clearly communicate his plan, there's something he wants for you in the process. There's purpose in the process. Now, I know some of you guys have heard some of this story, and you know I don't want to be redundant, but I know a lot of you guys are new and you haven't heard this. So, sorry, it's just my life, okay? I got one life, so I only got so many stories, everybody. But, you know, Nicole and I have a daughter, Brinley. She's three years old. And when she was born those three years ago, it was the day after she was born when the doctors gave Nicole and I this news that she had severe medical risks, like life-altering implications for our daughter and for ourselves. This completely destroyed the newborn experience for Nicole and I. Like, it ruined everything about it. And it truly has been one of the worst seasons of our lives. And what was interesting about this experience that Nicole and I went through was – I never had an angel show up. I never heard a word from God. Jesus never sent a letter in the mail to give me some of the details. God put Nikolai through a a two-and-a-half-year-long process. And I'm not saying that God caused it, or anything like that, but he had the power to prevent it. I know he did. So for whatever reason, this was allowed into Nicole's and I's lives, this journey we had to go on. And for two and a half painful years, we had the daily doctor's things, all the unknown, the total uncertainty. And I'm really excited to say our daughter will turn four in a couple months. She's doing great now. She is really thriving. She's super healthy. We're grateful. It's a miracle of God, an absolute miracle of God. So we're grateful for that. But guess what? It came after. God came after for Nicole and I. And what's weird about it is I would never want to relive that experience ever again. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, truly. But weirdly enough, there was something in that process where God did things in Nicole's and I's hearts and lives that I'm not sure he could have done otherwise. There's just something that happens in the process. Some of you are in the middle of a painful process right now you have no idea how the job or the financial thing is going to work out. Like, the dust from that explosion in your life is still settling. You truly have no idea how the other side of this situation is going to work out. And what I want to tell you is it is very possible that God may give you an after experience. You may not know how this all fits together until after. You may not even know why until after. You truly won't even see God's hand in the whole thing until after. Some of you guys, you won't even understand all that until after this life. Truly. But here's the thing that we see in Joseph and in your life. Even if you can't fully understand, you can't fully appreciate, if you're in the process and you can't perceive it, the promise you have is there is a divine purpose. That God's hand is in the middle of working every single detail. You may not perceive it, but he's got the perfect details already laid out. And he's got a process he needs to bring you through so you can experience the real transformation he has in your life. Are you guys tracking with me today? Okay. Now, it's quiet in here, all right? So everybody online, I'm just saying. Let's keep going here, though. Let's Let's see what happens. Next thing, God's plan is not about what's profitable. So let's go back to the scripture. This is the angel now. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Now, Paul's here for a moment. What does the angel tell Joseph? Don't be afraid, right? That's the charge. Why would the angel have to say that? Because Joseph is freaking out, everybody. This is a terrible, freakish moment. He's scared to death. Think about how this is going to impact Joseph's life hey, Joseph, um, you know how you live in that small town and everybody knows each other and it's hyper-religious and hyper-conservative? Yeah, you're about to be judged for the rest of your life because you're going to marry this woman that everybody knows was doing the dirty with some other dude while you guys were engaged. You and Just imagine, Joseph, oh, no, don't worry. It was all by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm sure it was, Joseph. It, It was Ricky down at the diner down the street. That's who we're all saying it was. Can you just imagine the gossip in this town about what really went down? And now Joseph is going to essentially be the earthly adoptive father of Jesus. So everybody's looking at him raising Jesus thinking, look at him raising that kid that's not his, acting like it's his own. Man, that is one messed up family right there. This is some Jerry Springer stuff, everybody. Can you imagine what Thanksgiving must have felt like for that family? You can't tell me Joseph's family liked Mary. No, no, don't worry, guys. God did this. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did, Mary. We hate you, all right? This is a hard situation. But you got to see, this plan from God for Joseph had no immediate benefits for him. This was not profitable in any way. He was going to be misunderstood and judged the rest of his life. And I know maybe some of you are thinking, well, hold up, Brian. He gets to be the earthly dad of Jesus. I mean, that's kind of a nice perk. Surely Jesus didn't poop himself as much as my kids do. Like, this is a good perk. But here's what you got to understand. Nobody thought Jesus was God at this point. Nobody believed that. Again, he's the hookup kid from some boy toy that Mary had. That's who this kid is. And interestingly enough, Joseph actually passes away before Jesus enters into his ministry and his ultimate death and resurrection. So Joseph is never justified in people's eyes. He never gets his account cleared. He spends his whole life again paying a real personal cost for this plan that God had for him. It wasn't profitable, everybody. Now, this is a hard pill for us to swallow. Because you know what we think in our American Christianity? Oh, no, no, hold up, Brian. You don't understand. If God's got a plan for me, oh, he's going to hook me up. He's got profitable all over his plan for me. He's I mean I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to increase. It's all going to be roses for me. Maybe. I mean I hope I pray that for you. Can you pray that for me? I would appreciate that to be the plan for me too. But guess what? Maybe not. Maybe not. You look at Joseph's life and you see that God's plan sometimes may not have immediate personal benefits for you it actually may not be very profitable in any way it may even be painful god's plan for you might hurt sometimes it's very quiet in here now here's here's why this is tough though when you start thinking about that that starts to create a little bit of fear though because you're like oh man brian what does God have up his sleeve for my life? I'm not sure I want it. Like, God, I'll take plan B, okay, uh, for 200, like instead of any of this stuff. I mean, it can really create a little bit of insecurity and fear of like, well, what might happen in my life? And I mean, if God's not gonna make it better, what might he do? Like, how's this gonna work? But you know why this angel was able to say, don't be afraid? Look at the reasoning. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, do you see what God is saying to him? Yes, Joseph, things are about to get very complicated for you. You are going to be misunderstood. You will be judged. I don't have health and wealth for you, Joseph. Sorry, that's not in my plans for you. But the reason you don't need to be afraid, the reason you can have such confidence and courage and you can move forward is because if this plan is from God, there's nothing you've got to be afraid of. Absolutely nothing. You know how I like to say it? If it's God's plan, everybody, it's God's problem. Here today, if God has that plan for you, it is his problem to provide the provision and the power and his presence and everything you will need to live that plan out. God will never bring a plan into your life and not provide the necessary resources for you to accomplish it. He will always give you everything you need. So think about this, though. How would this totally change the way you live your life? Because some of us, you start freaking out when things don't go according to plan. When the unexpected happens, everything just falls apart. And what you see here now is you can have this heart posture where you say, God, okay, even if this doesn't look like it's going to be good for me, like I don't see any immediate personal benefits. This isn't what I prefer. This doesn't even look like it's profitable for me. God, I would rather have your plans than my own profit. I want your plans for my life because I know even if they come at a cost to me, they are so much better than anything I could have planned for myself. And you will provide everything that is needed to make sure those plans are perfectly executed. That's the promise you have from God. Now we got one more thing though. we got to go through here right here. God's plan is not about what's possible. Let's go back to verse 21 angels still speak and she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Now this image you'll see on the screen here in just a moment. Some of you guys might recognize it but this is a picture of the Wright brothers when they were first figuring out manned flight. Now Matt, who's running our online sound right now in our, in our tech room, this morning has said, hey, Brian, two wrongs don't make a right, but what do two rights make? An airplane. Was that the ultimate dad joke? That was a total dad joke. Matt, they didn't laugh, okay? So I'm holding you accountable. I know you're back there. You hear me, all right? That one's on you, dude. <laughs> um, here's what's interesting to me about this. That photo was taken just barely over 100 years ago. 100 years. That's not a long time in human history in the grand scheme of things. Think about how far we have come in our technological advances now when you look at that picture, that's unbelievable. Now this next picture is horribly pixelated, so forgive me, but this was in 1995, so apparently they didn't have HD cameras by then or something. So as you look at the four squares on the screen, if you can read it, that's Bill Gates in 1995 talking to David Letterman on his show. Now, you can see, find this video online. It's kind of fun to watch because Bill Gates is talking about the future of humanity and how everybody's going to have a computer on their desk at their house and how you're going to have this thing called the internet that actually connects people and how you can even listen to baseball games on the internet, not the radio. And you know what's so hilarious about this video? David Letterman and the entire audience are laughing in Bill Gates' face. They're like, internet, how stupid. I'll listen to the radio. I don't need a computer. I've got personal assistance. And they're just laughing it up. And that wasn't even 30 years ago, everybody. Everything in life seems impossible until it happens. And then it is. Everything's impossible until it's not. Now, there's still one thing that's still impossible. I don't know if it'll ever happen. The Rockies winning a World Series. I don't see it ever. It's truly, I don't see, even with the power of God, how that ever happens. But that's another sermon. Um, think about what this angel's telling Joseph. He's like, hey, Mary, she is a virgin. She's going to have a kid. Um, I know it's the first century, and they haven't figured out manned flight yet. They know how babies are made, though, everybody. They figure that part out at that point in history. They know. And so this is impossible. Not only that. This angel's like, by the way, this kid is going to be the savior of humanity. Um, I know you think your kids are special. That's a different kid right there, okay? I love my children, but I didn't hear any angels say that over my kids when they were born. How does that even work? That sounds impossible. Not only that, Joseph, the moment you're standing in is the fulfillment of a prophecy that was made 700 years ago. I mean, we're not even talking unlikely anymore, everybody. We're talking about an impossible situation that some small-town blue-collar worker is now the fulfillment of an eternal plan that God has had in place and is happening right now in this moment. It's impossible until it happens. You know what? God loves the impossible. He loves it. He loves to take the impossible and make it possible. He loves to take two million people that were in the bondage of slavery for 400 years and lead them into freedom and then get them pinned behind the sea and the enemy nation. And you know what God says? No problem. I'll just turn that sea into a highway. God likes to take a nine-foot giant named Goliath who is standing in the way of an entire nation's destiny and say, you know what? Just send me the kid with the slingshot. That's all I really need to make this thing happen. God will take 5,000 plus people who've got no food and there's no Chick-fil-A in sight and it's Sunday and they will say, you know what? Bring the kid with the Lunchable. We're going to have leftovers today. God, you can nail the Savior of the world to a cross. And God says, no problem. Roll the stone away. He's not in there. He's the God of the impossible. There's nothing that's too hard for him. We sung it this morning. That is the truth of everybody. Jesus even, in his ministry, Matthew 19, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God says to Joseph, I am going to do the literal impossible in and through your life. This is not too hard for me. And you know what? God does it perfectly executed. If God can do that for Joseph, you think he can't do it for you? What's impossible in your mind? What's that thing where you're like, you know, I just don't think God would. I'm not saying he can't, but I just don't see him doing it for me. I think that's just not possible in my lifetime. You know, I just know there's some people in our church you are thinking, Brian, I am never going to be totally free of this addiction. It's just part of my life. I think there's people in our church you are thinking, my marriage is just never going to be what it should have or could have been. Like it's, it's irredeemable. I've talked to people in our church, your kid is wayward. And it's impossible for you. But you don't, you don't see how this thing is going to resolve. You need to hear me today. If God was willing and able to die and rise from the dead for you, he has already done the impossible for you. He's done the most impossible thing. Some of you in here... You need to take all of your expectations of what God can, can't, will, or won't do, and you need to pile them up and light them on fire because it's a pile of trash that is preventing God's work in your life because we have a God of the impossible. God gives Joseph dreams throughout his life and fulfills every single one. His perfect plan plays out for Joseph in every way. I really want you guys to know I've got dreams. I've got some dreams for what I want to see God do in my life. I've got dreams for what I want to see him do in my marriage, through my kids. I have dreams for a spiritual legacy for my family. You know what I also have dreams for? This church. I have dreams for this beautiful family we call Northern Hills. I want you guys to know I pray for this church and I pray for this church one of the things I pray for maybe most often is I just pray God I want your plans for this church your plans Lord and I pray that you put dreams in my heart. I pray you give visions. I pray you sow the seeds in our own people's hearts. And I just pray, Lord, that you would allow us to live out and experience all of the incredible, impossible plans that you have for this community. And, you know, it's kind of tough, though, to sometimes do that. Because, I'll be honest with you guys, some of the dreams I have for this church are ridiculous. They're, they're laughable. They're actually embarrassing, which is why you're not hearing any of them today, all right? They're none of your business yet. They are percolating in my heart, and God will bring them about to pass at the right time. But truly, I have dreams that are quite intimidating, and they create a lot of fear. And you wonder, can it happen? Will it happen? How? And all of the questions start spilling around in your mind. And God, what personal cost might this require of me? Many of those dreams are going to come at a massive personal cost. Am I willing to pay that? But as intimidating as it all feels sometimes, truly, it's scary. I come back to God and say, "God, what I know is if it's your plan, it's your problem." And you will provide everything that is necessary to fulfill your perfect plans for this community. And so I am going to step forward in faith and courage. I am not going to shrink back from what looks like it's impossible for me. Because you are a God of the impossible. And you can do the unexpected. And I'm going to step forward in everything you have and want for this church. In Jesus' name. That's my commitment. (laughs) What dreams does God have for you? What dreams has God placed in your heart? I'm not asking you what your personal bucket list is, right? The Tahiti vacation is not a God dream, all right? What convictions has God put in your very soul about what he wants to do in and through your life? Do you have a sense of destiny? Like, God is taking me somewhere. There's an eternal purpose that he's working out in my life. And I am certain that there's many people here today, you would say, you know, Brian, to be honest, I... I don't know. I'm not sure what God's plans are. Well, can I push back on you a little bit? Have you asked? Have you really pressed into God and said, God, stir my heart for your plans. Give me a sense of just direction and clarity and purpose. I want to live out your destiny for my life. But can I just say this? Be careful what you ask for. Because I can almost guarantee you know what God's going to do? The unexpected. And he is going to lead you to things that feel impossible. And he's going to want to do a bunch of stuff in your life that is going to create a lot of fear inside of you. But can I tell you this? You can move forward with confidence. You can have courage because if it truly is God's plan, it is his problem. He will provide you every single thing you need, even if it's impossible. That is the promise you have from God. So let's tie this whole story up and see where this thing goes. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph gets a dream from God. His plans for his life. It wasn't preferable. It didn't profit him in this life, really, on any level. He couldn't perceive everything that God was up to. It wasn't even possible, everybody. It was an impossible plan. But you know what Joseph does? He obeys. It says he woke up and he did what the Lord commanded. He did not hesitate because he knew, okay, God, if it's your plan, it is your problem. And I can trust you. And I'm certain that as much as Joseph had trouble understanding and seeing everything and even living out this plan, God provided every single thing he needed. He gave him exactly what was required to fulfill his purposes. And I can guarantee you here, everybody, if Joseph was standing on this stage today, he'd say, okay, trust me, everybody. It was unexpected, okay? Not what I had planned for my life. It was hard. It was scary. I didn't even know how it was all gonna work out, but he would tell you here today, trust me, you want God's plan for your life. It is so much better than anything you can dream up for yourself. God has dreams for you, and he will fulfill them if you will trust him and step forward in faith. That is what Joseph would tell you today. And we're talking about him 2,000 years later, everybody. It's amazing, perfect plan that worked out in this normal dude's life. The reason this is so important is this is exactly what God wants to do for you. He has a perfect, eternal plan he wants to work out in your life. He wants to give you everything you're going to need. And he wants you to experience all the amazing blessings and benefits of his plan for you. And the reason I can be so confident in saying this today is because he's already done it for you. You know, Jesus, this adopted son from Mary's apparent hookup that everybody thought was, the illegitimate child that Joseph was trying to act like was his, we know he was far from that. He truly was God in the flesh, everybody. He was Emmanuel. He was God with us and he perfectly submitted himself to the plans of his heavenly father throughout his life here on earth. And some of you guys know this story. When Jesus got to the very end of his life, the very night he was betrayed, he was praying to God, Lord, please take this cup away. Like, this is not what I prefer right now. This is gonna come at a massive personal cost. How is this even possible? You see the agony in Jesus on that last night. And yet, what does he say? Not my will, but your will be done. May your plans be fulfilled in my life, Lord. And what happens is he does get crucified. He does die. But then God does the impossible. And three days later, he rose from the dead, everybody. And he is ruling and he's reigning and he's the king of the universe. And he has conquered sin and death. Don't you see? Jesus laid down all of his own preferences. He gave up any profit he could have. And he did the impossible for you. He did that for you. For your forgiveness, for the freedom from your own sin, for the hope of eternity, and so God could live out his perfect plans in and through you. If that is true, I'm telling you, everybody, I can guarantee you today, God has a plan for you, and he will fulfill it. And so, I'm just saying, the plan may not be what you expected, may not be what you preferred, you may not know how it all fits together, but if it's God's plan, it's God's problem, Right? He'll figure it out. So for the Christians in the room today, I just want to set some of you free. God's plan is not what you expected. It definitely won't be. But there's a freedom in that, knowing that he is going to take you on that journey. And he will provide, he will make a way. So some of you guys, you have to loosen up about your life. It's not going to go the way you want. It's going to go better than that. It's going to be God fulfilling his very purposes in your life. Some of you, you are not a Christian here. You don't know Jesus. Maybe you go to church, you believe in God, but you don't know Jesus. You don't know the power of his presence in your life. You don't know the power of his love. You haven't experienced the true presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to embrace the plans of God today and experience his salvation and his hope. He wants to come into your life. He is God with us. He wants to be God with you and work out his perfect plans in your life. You can have that happen today. You may not have expected that to happen today. Well, guess what? God sometimes does the unexpected. And maybe you need to get saved, and you can do that here. But for all of us, I'm telling you, everybody, as you step forward in faith and courage and trust the plans of God, he will do something greater than you ever dreamed of. In Jesus' name, he will. Do you receive this today, everybody? Let's pray together. Lord, our minds can't even comprehend just how unbelievable this really is. This truth that we have a God who can fit Your eternal plans into all of our individual lives in their, in their own unique way. Lord, it's just unbelievable. God, it truly is unexpected. I just we thank You, Lord. We worship You that we have a God of the impossible that yes, you do do the unexpected. It's maybe not even what we would have wanted for ourselves, but it's so much better. There are eternal purposes at play, and you promise to be with us every single step, Lord. And so for those of us who are walking with God, Lord, I just pray for a freedom, that we can just really trust you, even when we're in the middle of a painful process, that we would know that there is a God with us every single step of the way. Give us that courage, Lord. Help us live that out. And right now, if you do not know Jesus, right now, he is reaching out to you He wants to bring his very presence into your life. He wants to transform your very soul from the inside out. And all you need to do is reach out to him in faith. Say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I'm asking for your forgiveness and your grace. I want your presence. Pray to him right now. Reach out to him and he will start a work in your life that will continue into eternity. And our church will go with you on that journey. Lord, I pray for everybody reaching out to you now. I pray for salvation in this room. I pray for transformation. I pray for your healing work. I pray for miracles on behalf of people in this room. I pray for impossible situations, Lord, to be proven possible in your power and in your time God. And we believe it, Lord, and we worship you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for tuning into this week's message. If you would like to learn more about Northern Hills, you can go to nhills.org. You can also follow us online on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram for more updates and events. We look forward to seeing you next week.